What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to episode 24 of the Bus Driver Experience. Uh, this show should be coming out on Monday, April 25, 26th, 27th. And if you are, I hope you guys are having a great week out there. And if I do seem a little bit more fiery than I already am, is because we just put out an incredible episode, and I'm super excited about this one. But if you haven't already, go ahead, hit the subscribe button, and go check out all the amazing shows out there on the podcast circuit, on YouTube. You can watch these shows. There's some incredible people who do some incredible things. And I don't just talk to basketball players. I talk to carnivores, porn stars, Olympians, scientists, people doing some amazing things. So if you have something you're interested in, I'm telling you, you're going to find it in my library of shows. So go ahead, check out all that stuff. And thank you so much. If you're new to the show, welcome to the bus driver experience. Welcome on the bus. I'm your bus driver, and I'm going to take you on a journey through the podcast airwaves all around this amazing human experience. And today's guest is a guy I have a lot in common with. This guy has gone from being just a 5'8", he was even shorter than I was, a 5'8", white basketball player out of Chicago, outside of Chicago, Illinois, starting four years varsity letterman at a mid-major, no, let's call him a major now, UCF, major university, 2008, 2012, same years as me, and playing professionally after basketball. You know, he's is a guy who's done it. This is a guy you want to be talking to who has a lot of a lot of insights to the game and just what it took to get there. And we tackle all that on the show, but also like me and like a lot of guys, I mean, oh, what is it? Less than a percent make it to the NBA, play professionally at all. What do you do after basketball? How do you stay motivated? How do you stay excited about things? How do you keep going when the thing you've loved the most, the thing you've only one of the things you've only known how to do, it doesn't mean you're just a basketball player. You could be a coal miner. You could be someone who's had something where an industry's completely disappeared. You're not alone. And there's a lot of people just like you in different industries. You got to find a way to keep fighting. You got to kind of find a way to keep living. Because if you don't, you know, sad to say, you die. You know, the world is going to keep moving on. You got to find a way to power through. And yes, I am jacked up. I am excited. I'm excited to connect with this guy outside of the podcast game. we got a lot of stuff to work on, but I'm going to go ahead and leave it here for AJ Robson. Okay. Wow. AJ, what's going on, dude? Man, how are you? I appreciate you having me on. I'm good. I'm good. Like we were talking about before, like if I was going to be anywhere at the end of the world, here I am. This is exactly what I'll be doing. I'll be recording podcasts, talking with people from around the world, and uh, highlighting and shining a light on some incredible people doing some amazing things. So, I love that. I love Here that. I you, said it best. <laughs> you said it best. Let's do it. <laughs> oh, fantastic. Fantastic, man. Um, yeah, I mean, we got a lot in common. I mean, uh, you know, both college basketball players, um, both still, I don't think, think we can shake the game of basketball off of us. No matter how we try, we're somehow connected or doing something yep. affiliated yeah. with the game of basketball. But uh, I wanted to jump right into you real quick. I know you would probably give a way better detail and example of where you are, where you've come from, where you've been, and um, and then we'll dive right into your, you know, all your past, your basketball, your hooping, what you're yeah. doing. Um, so my name's AJ Rumsa, born and raised in Chicago, Illinois. I'm 30 years old. I've obviously uh, just moved to, not obviously, but I just moved to LA last year. Um, and kind of like you said, basketball has been a part of me since the age of three. Started playing basketball um, literally at the age of three. Used it for balance. Um, and then really just fell in love with the game. My brother, who is 10 years older than me, got me involved in it. Um, always played with him and his friends at the YMCA, at the parks, 
um, or at least try to. Never had that opportunity. I've never got that chance. Um, everyone was always like, hey, you're too small. You should probably play something else, do something else. You know, even my dad was like, hey, maybe play baseball. Do something that, you know, you can, you can play with your height. But um, when you have a passion, when you love something so much, and like basketball, I loved it. But it was also the fact that nobody believed in me. And that was really something else that fueled me was like, how, how can people tell me, hey, you can't do something? I was so lost. And even at a young age, I was like, I'm not going to accept that. Why not? I'm just going to keep working at it, keep, keep becoming better at it every single day. And um, it led me to Whitney Young High School, which is one of the top high schools in the country, not only for athletics, but also for academics. Um, and then it led me to a Division One scholarship to the University of Central Florida. I played overseas. And uh, now we're here, and we can get into all that. I was going to kind of just like a brief little quick summary. Otherwise, I'll probably waste the whole 45 minutes talking about that. Um, but, yeah, we'll get into it. Yeah, isn't it amazing? Because, you know, both short, short white basketball players, I put it too. Like, you know, everybody, it wasn't that like people didn't love us, but they were just like, hey, listen, we care. We love you so much. You know, we want to make sure, you know, you're not going to get hurt. You know, you're not going to be looked down upon. You know, it's really tough. I, we, we don't want to do this. But it's like, you know, that's just the thing that fired us up and kept us going. It was, but again, it never came from a bad place. And that's the, we always got to look back on it. Everybody else who might think, you know, people don't want them to succeed. They, they, it comes from a good place. It yeah. probably doesn't come from a place of negativity. It's just people love you and care for you. So if you still got that in your corner, that's a yep. great thing. But if you can use it for that fuel, yep. like you did, I know yep. I was able to do that. I mean, there's no, there's no telling where you can get to. Where you no, can. so true. That's so true. Use everything for a positive. When you change that attitude, if someone's saying something, you let that fuel you. Like you said, I love it. That's so perfect in everyday life, not even just sports. <laughs> and you were class of 2008 coming out of high school? Yep, I graduated uh, 2008 from high school. Perfect. We're the same class. Perfect, same class, same everything. Um, and who were you getting recruited by? I know you went to UCF, but who you uh, was looking at? So I had, it, was a little, it was pretty crazy. Obviously, I grew up in, in Chicago, which is, I mean, basketball is, that's what we love. That's, we got the most pros, I think. I don't know. That was back, back when I played, but I don't know if that still stands. But, I mean, Chicago's, Chicago's all basketball, man. We love it. And growing up with guys like Derrick Rose and Patrick Beverly and Sharon Collins and Amon Shumpert and, playing against these guys every single day, it was like I had to come back better than I was yesterday, and I never gave up. I never had that attitude that I was just going to quit because I kept getting beat. Um, so I think going to a, a, a school like Whitney Young and being able to thrive there and finding an opportunity to really separate myself and, and really follow through with basketball and, and continue to, to really start doing what I love and, and let people know that, hey, I'm for real with this. No, completely. I mean, I, I, I don't say I take it for granted, but, you know, I finally get to sit back and reflect just on all the incredible hoopers, you know, I got to play with, you know, I went to high school with Brandon Knight, you know, and got to play in the backcourt with him. So every day in practice was like one-on-one -on -one with that guy. And then in college, you know, getting to go to Syracuse, the Deion Waiters, the Michael Carter Williams, like, it was like, you know, when you get to look back and reflect all those guys, you know, it's like, whoa, like, you know, but again, I think it's the toughest part for after sports we'll get into is just, how do you take that and take that into a positive? How do you make that something for, you know, your, whatever your future endeavors are going to be? Because a lot of guys have a real hard time, you know, figuring out that life after sports. How do, I, dealt with. how do I take that massive, I wouldn't say it was a void, you know, it was, it was the thing that filled you up so much. And now the jelly that, that consisted of who you are is just gone or it, it needs to be recycled into something else. And it's like, where does it go? How, how do 
I mean, how do you guys do it? How do you do it? And like, I know you uh, motivate and speak to a lot of people. What, what do you, what's like your biggest tool to get them? That was, I mean, are you saying that struggle of, of not playing or after bas or after college of figuring out what you're doing next? Is that what you mean? Yeah. After college or you finish playing that sports. Was really, that was the biggest thing for me. Um, what, what I'm doing now, while I'm able to sit here and talk to you and motivate people all throughout the world was because I was in such a dark spot after I, um, after I graduated college, I got suspended my first 15 games, my senior season, most important season of all. Then I break my foot in my first professional workout. I had eight other workouts lined up. So I moved back home with my mom. And for the first time, I never had basketball since the age of three, really. I mean, I've been hurt in a couple of days, like this and that. But like to break my foot and be back and not have like, okay, I have a season that I'm coming back to. It was, I just graduated college. So it's like, I was going to have to restart basically my whole life over, get back to getting, are showing, hey, everyone, I can still play basketball. But I think at that point in time, I just, I, I was in such a dark spot. I just, I was like, hey, when I get out of this spot, because I know I'll get out of here, I want to help as many people as I can. I want to encourage as many people as I can because people are going to go through similar stuff that I did. People are going to have those same feelings. People are going to, you did something. I did something for 20 something years. To not have it just like this, to think you're going to play it until you're 80 years old and then it's gone like that, people don't realize that. People don't talk about that. People didn't tell me. I'm not saying that I'm upset, but I want to be that person that tells people, hey, Listen, if you don't make it in basketball, you'll still be able to do a really cool brand. You'll still be able to be a world-renowned trainer. You'll still be able to go whatever it is. It doesn't have to be with basketball, but basketball can still be a part of you. Basketball, I'm not playing, but I'm, in fact, I'm, I'm, I'm having an impact on people all over the world, a, a better impact than rather when I played. I'm 30 years old. I could still play overseas. People say all the time, dude, you post all these videos. Why don't you go play overseas? Why? I can. I just don't want <laughs> My fulfillment is to help other people. I could go play and do awesome things by myself. I love it. That's cool. I did that, though. I did that at a really high level. I thought that I achieved a lot. My passion now, my, my why every day I wake up is to help other people, whether it's in basketball, whether it's lose weight, whether it's chase a dream, a goal, whatever it is, that's my reasoning. And if I can do that every single day with multiple people, I'm going to pick that over basketball. And that's just, and that's just my thing, and I think that, to, to go off of, to keep it really simple. I know I keep it along always, but just, you got to keep going. You got to find something that you're passionate about. You got to find something that not, it's not going to take over that because you don't want it to take that void because then it's just going to fill it for a little bit. You got to find something that you're going to fall back in love with that you don't mind working at. And I think that it wasn't that I really had to start over. I had to apply everything that I was successful at in basketball into everyday life. I had to lose my ego because I realized there's nine, 8 billion people in the world I'm not a basketball player anymore. No one cares. It's how I treated people before that. Luckily, I was a good person. But it's about being a leader. It's about treating people how I want to be treated. It's about bringing my energy every day. It's my work ethic every day. All the stuff that I was really good at in basketball. I couldn't <laughs> right? control when my shot went in every day, but I can control being a good leader, being a good teammate. To my, you know what I mean? Being coachable. All that stuff is controllable. So I was thinking that same thing when I was like, man, I got to figure this out. It's like, not really. You got all the tools. Now you just got to figure it out. When I started basketball the first three years, I was horrible at it. I sucked. I could barely dribble. I was falling over. It's the same thing in business. I thought, oh, man, I've been alive. I'm 20-something now. I should know all this stuff. I didn't know anything. I played basketball for 20-something years. So it's, it's a matter of just keep going. Just, just don't ever give up. Don't ever get down. Don't ever get in that dark spot. I mean, you're going to get there, but don't ever just stay there. You got to keep pushing. You got to keep fighting. And you got to find something that's going to that's gonna wake you up every single day. I mean, well said. I mean, for me, it was 
the empathy I got to develop, like, you know, where you didn't have that job or career anymore. And just thinking about all those people who lose their jobs or lose their homes or, and it's just like, oh man. But again, it comes back towards like the evolutionary biology side, like, listen, eat or be eaten. You know, you better, you better find a new job or you better get up, be ready to fail, be hungry to fail and, you know, get knocked down. Cause if you're not hungry, you don't enjoy getting knocked down and then you enjoy that, that next two steps up even more then <laughs> I love I love you I love I love hearing you say that because that's something I'm like it's not I don't even like using the word failure just but I like saying learn and this and that but it's like for me I know because I'm just going to keep going I'm going to get to it like people are like oh my gosh you're crazy then they see where I'm at five months and then seven months and they're like what the heck they're like this dude's really like sticking to what he's saying because it's that mentality when I want something when I see something I won't stop until I get it and I think it's just that same mentality that I had in basketball. It's like, you're not going to tell me what I can't do. Same thing in business world. How come you can't tell me? Just because I haven't been in it lo- super long and like I'm still learning and growing and just, just like in my basketball. I missed a bunch of shots when I started out. I still missed a bunch of shots, but I, I keep coming back. I keep coming back to make more shots. Just like I'm going to keep coming back for different business stuff. I'm going to keep learning. That's what it's about. You don't miss any shots. Your Instagram just looks like <laughs> shot ever. You guys, you know what's funny on some of the stuff, it's like, oh my gosh. And, and like to, to get off topic a little bit, but it's like, when I started the Instagram thing, I started with that, like tricks. And people are like, dude, you're not making these. Like it's all edited. So then I had to start putting my college tapes into it, like my highlights. And then people were like, oh, like you're really, and then it was like, yo, can I get tips? And then this and that. And I was like, man, I want to inspire the world. Like that was always a goal of mine with basketball. Yeah, I'm not playing anymore, but I feel like still with all this stuff and the trick shots and the, and the clips of college and maybe the encouragement and the stuff that earns scholarships, like I could be, I could have an impact on these kids. Like I could be something that no one, not saying in a bad way, again, just, I didn't have that growing up. I didn't have someone that's told me, Hey, this is what you're going to you do to earn a scholarship. You know, you could do these things. This is how you got to work like different stuff to ask questions so that I can get you to your goals or I can get you to your dreams quicker by telling you through my failures or by telling you what got me to that point in my life, what success stuff, you know what I mean? Dude, absolutely. I mean, I, I mean, I had the Michael Jordan VHS tapes growing up, you know, Michael Jordan, come fly with me. Come fly with me, come on. <laughs> are you kidding me? I went in the backyard till three in the morning. I, th- those are the things I, I somehow picked up. Like, okay, this guy will just do whatever it takes to win. He'll yeah. be, he'll beat yeah. his roommate monopoly. That was a legendary story. And like, okay, I just got to want to win as much as this guy did. And like you said, we're willing to be able to get hit and beat up and beat down. Like, Oh no, that's okay. I love this stuff. I'm going to keep doing it. I'm going to, I'm going to be good. Well, I'm going to be the best at this one day. I'm just got to, I'm going to keep going at it. You just said it literally. But that's people cool. got to be able to take the step out the door. If they're able to just take the step and just, you know, not be worried to, like you said, not failure, but to learn a lesson. Like that's what it's about. And I tell people all the time, man, because I was that person and you just can't be afraid to take that step because that, that first step is going to lead to something really good. That second step is going to lead to something even better. And you're going to keep getting better. You're going to keep learning more. Um, but just sometimes people psych themselves out with that, with that first step and thinking, ah, you know what? I don't think I can do it. It's hard. You already, you already put negative vibes out there. You already put negative energy saying that you can't do it. Where do you think or why do you think that first thought's always negative for everybody? For majority of people i think because the majority of the world is just worried about what everyone else is thinking the majority of the world's worried to fail the majority of the world doesn't want to step out of their comfort zone because they just want to be comfortable they don't want to do extraordinary things they don't want to be out there they don't want people to talk about them they don't want people to laugh at them they don't want people to tell them they can't do it 
They kind of just want to do enough to get by. Let me, let me do enough just to get by. I'll be happy. I'll have a good life. That's why there's not a lot, you know what I mean? Big things, it's hard to do because you got to put yourself in a vulnerable position. I had to, to, to be able to inspire a bunch of people, and I'm still doing it. I had to be vulnerable. I had to tell people, that, hey, this is how I failed. This is what I went through. I've cried. I've lost. I've gone through this. I've lost a bunch of friends. I, I have to tell that so people understand, like, that's real life. you got to go through that stuff. No, completely. I think that's my biggest blunder, just the not looking at vulnerability as strength, but still looking at it as weakness, like just too, being too big of a tough guy. It's just so hard to push that down because at the same time, like that's where the anxiety comes from, you know, running straight to that negative thought, running right away and so, to yep. go towards the fear yep. rather than just, okay, yeah, that's the thought. And I, I think that's one of the big things, you know, is, you know, it becomes yep. much more popular these days, but like, you know, the meditation, just the, the understanding of, you know, your thoughts are thoughts. You're not necessarily there. They're not necessarily dead, but they're there. Yeah. You, just, you gotta be present with it. You gotta find a way to just take it and push it on because it massively can just reflect in a negative way. And I think it's so much harder for kids these days because, you know, there's just so much more. Like, oh, I can do 10 things. Why do I, I get caught doing this? I can do, I mean, I can do 10 things at the same time and I'm able to process all of it, but it's like, yeah. I'm not. No, seriously. Yep. <laughs> you just said it. You got you to gotta be careful. You got to be aware of that. You got to know that. Where, uh, where overseas did you play? So I went to Venezuela to play. Um, I don't know if you know. Do you know baseball at all or no? Baseball. Like just baseball in general? Are you a baseball fan or no? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I went to Venezuela. Ozzy Guillen, who coached the White Sox, um, he is from Venezuela. We went, I went over there. I stayed at the house. It was like – my first, it was my first contract after I broke, after I broke my foot. Um, one of the most dangerous countries at the time, obviously now still, but I was just like, man, I'm out of college. My foot just healed. I, I, I want to just get started again. I want to get playing. Um, and went over there and literally it was probably the craziest thing I've ever, like just secu- I had to have security everywhere I went. If I want to go get a Gatorade, I'd have to have three security guards go with me. Um, it was just, it was an incredible experience for me. I learned a lot. I went over there for a short amount of time. Some things happened. Not good, obviously, but I learned a lot. <laughs> um, and then the, the, I came back to Chicago. My brother was going through a really, really tough time. My dad was really sick. Um, and I didn't, obviously, I was just getting started with basketball back again professionally. And we have some family businesses. I wanted to help them. They were going through a really, really tough time, and I wanted to sacrifice. Um, I realized that basketball is obviously my goal. Basketball is a huge dream. It's been a part of me forever, but um, family is more important. And sometimes you got to take that sacrifice. Sometimes you got to do stuff you don't want to do, um, but it's for the bigger picture. And I was able to do that. And I did it for about five years, just until this last year, moving out here, I got back to doing what I love. I said, I want to inspire people. I want to motivate people. Um, I wrote my book, Against All Odds. I want to do more public speaking with that. I want to talk to middle schools, high schools, colleges. I want to do the basketball training. I want to do camps all over the world. I wanted to get back to it, not so much playing, um, I enjoy playing. I, I love it, but I wanted to have a bigger impact. I want to inspire more people. I want to do more. Um, and that was just getting back to doing what I love. So my brother and my dad and everything was good. Um, I just, I wanted to do more. I was comfortable. You know, I got comfortable. I stopped playing basketball. It was cool. Everything was great. Like, and then I was just, you know what I mean? I probably put on 20 pounds, like just wasn't, wasn't in a good position and just kind of lost everything. That stuff that I was always focused on the basketball, the health, the stuff that got me to where I am. And um, I wanted to get back to that. So it was important to, to really get uncomfortable. And I, I said, I wanted to grow as a man. So what do you do? You, you go somewhere you've never been before. You go meet a bunch of new people. 
Um, and I think that's what, that's what really helped me grow. You go through those times of loneliness, sadness, you know, am I doing the right thing? Oh my gosh, I'm crazy. But those are the times that you really grow. Those are the times that you really, um, as me, I, I became stronger as a man, as a person, as an individual, um, mentally, I, I'm the strongest I've ever been, but those are the times that people don't want to go through. Those are the times that people don't like to fight through because so I'd rather stay comfortable. I'd rather just be right here. You know what I mean? Well, especially out here. I mean, it's, it's so hard not to live comfortable out here. I mean, it just is, I mean, I'm from Florida and I mean, it, Fort Lauderdale, it's beautiful, but like out here, man, it's just like, people ask me like, I don't know if I'm ever going to leave here. Like I was supposed to go do this shoot for my whole show. I drove a bus through South America back in 2016. So we drove it all the way down to Chile shooting shows and stuff. So I know I uh, got a taste of South America, not Venezuela. Oh we didn't make it there. That's um, crazy. But, um, yeah, man, it, it's, it's so beautiful out here. I mean, the, the culture, the people, I mean, the blends of all the cultures and people, it's, it's amazing. But I wanted to uh, ask you, what do you think is your biggest misconception, is people's biggest misconception of playing ball overseas? Good or bad? <laughs> both, man, both. I mean, I've had my own experiences. So I, when I, think it's, I think it's like anything. I think it's like it's a, it's a whole different world. It's a whole different culture. It's a whole different language sometimes. Um, I, I think it, I think it's it's a great opportunity. I think it's a it's a time for growth. It's a time that you can take to to not only grow as a person, but to learn a new culture, learn learn a new language, do something new, have an impact in a whole nother country. You know what I mean? I think that you got to take, like you said, you got to take the good with the bad. Oh, you can't really do anything. You're you're locked in. You know what I mean? This and that. Like that's how some people feel, and you can't do anything. It's all different. But I think if you take the good with the bad, I think it's that that. If you're like you obviously know, if you're with that team, that's not forever. You want to keep getting better. You want to go to different places. You want to travel. So just remember that's part of the journey. Just because you're at that one point, that may not be the best point. You may not be super happy. Still take that on. And that goes back to what we said about like this whole coronavirus thing and still taking advantage of it, still being able to read and grow as a person, still work out and take that time that maybe you wanted to, you wanted to have to yourself. Now you got that time. You know what I mean? So take advantage of it. We got choices every day. You wake up, you would sleep all day, eat bad, or you can work out, get your stuff in, read, write your goals down, make sure you're working out for a little bit, doing the stuff that, you know what I mean? It's hard to do on an everyday basis when you're locked in like this. The interesting thing is the phrase, I have no time or I'm too busy, like doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> uh, we got all the time in the world. Oh, phone calls, where are you at? Uh, <laughs> That's the best part. I'm at, I'm at home. <laughs> you got to answer. No, 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 no. You just nothing, no answer at all. I'm busy. I'm at, I'm working. I'm on Text call right me. now. I got you. I got you. <laughs> um, yeah, man. The, I, I think for overseas ball people, they, they think it's just a hop, skip and a jump. They don't understand, you know, like I said, living in the United States, how much more of an ease there is to go get, go to the, go to a store and know that there's something there or not have rocket attacks someday. You know, I was lived in Israel. I went there first to play ball. It's like, worry about a rocket attack i mean you hear a loud noise or bang outside i'm just like i hit the deck like what's Crazy. happening no. um yep. or they or yep. they think the business side the business side is never as easy as it as it's ever written out to be especially overseas we'll send you the money don't worry it'll be there don't worry you're six months later you're like hey is the money gonna come yep it's coming don't worry you're like what the heck is going on here i just became a citizen of your country like <laughs> cut within three days i just moved here i moved my life i found a living I, I just got, I literally just got on the flight, flew in. You guys are already sending me back home. Like, what's going on? <laughs> I can't believe it. 
but I mean, again, you know, positive lesson to take out of it was just like, you know, the business side, like, listen, although you have an agent, although you have a manager, like, I mean, you have to be able to take care and listen, you know, protect yourself because, you know, no one is going to protect yourself more than you are going to protect you. And if you have someone that's going to look after you as well as you can or better than you can, better keep those people. They're usually your moms. So if your mom's that person. I'd say my mom's my best friend. So, yep, you got to keep the moms close. They'll always tell you the best. Like they, they know in their gut. And they're ne- no one's ever going to be a bigger fan of you. <laughs> I mean, they're, they're going to ride or die for you no matter what. No, that's, what, what so true. that's so true. They that's got true. your back. Oh, man. Love you, mom. Love you, mom. I know you're right. listening, too. I know. Right. <laughs> they watch and listen to everything. They know. A thousand percent. Um, but so what are you doing now with the basketball training and the uh, motivational speaking or even better yet? I mean, please uh, tell me more about your book. I couldn't get it on Amazon, by the way, Is so, it a direct order to the site. So it's a direct order to the site, rumsa.com. Um, still working. Like I said, I, I did it when I first moved out here and still like, you know, it's like anything getting situated, started business, started the training stuff and all around getting adjusted. Um, like anything excuses, but I got to get on it even more so that I want to go into the school year, obviously the summer, do it right. Um, going to the school year, hopefully get a bunch of uh, speaking engagements with different middle schools or high schools or even colleges. I want to do it on a, on a high level and, and maybe get some other athletes and do some college speaking tours um, and talk about the stuff that no one really talks about, the after school or the after, the after you're done playing, you know what I mean, whether it's basketball, whether it's any sport, because I think that, you know, we get stuck in thinking that we're going to play for the rest of our lives. Okay. And, um, but I, I, I wanted to put that book together. It was something that it, it took forever. And it's something I had no clue until I moved out here where most people just have people like write books. So it's something I like had my writings and like, I was doing it for like 12 years and I like stopped and redid it. And I wonder, like, I was like, Hey, I'm not going to do it. Then I like had more thoughts and I was like, okay, I'm just going to do it. And then I finally, I was just like, I'm just going to print it out, do it. Like, it's not perfect. Obviously nothing is. It's my first one. I'll redo it. I had someone help edit it, but um, I just wanted to kind of tell my story of what I went through and, and, and to encourage people and to motivate people and kind of like what we talked about. Yeah. Not everybody believed in me. I believed in myself. I believed in my work ethic. I believed in showing up every day and, and not giving up even when it got really hard. Um, and so I just, I love the speaking. I, I'm not great at it. I haven't done it for a long time, but it's like anything I'll get better as I go, but I'm passionate about it. I enjoy it. I want people to hear my words so I can hopefully push them to do something or, 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 or make them feel motivated to get in shape or whatever the heck it is. I just want to have an impact. I want to be a blessing to people. And um, the book was, was for that. And uh, besides the basketball training, um, I just want, like I said, I want to have an everyday impact, whether it is the, whether it is through basketball training, whether it is through, you know, helping people lose weight, whether it's going after goals, whether it's just literally anything. I think you hit the nail on the head you don't need anybody else to believe in you. No. It's great if you do. It's, it's all you have to do is believe in it. That's, that's, all that's, you. that's it. And guess what? The ones that don't believe in you, they're going to be like, man, I believed in you. When you make it, they know. They're not going <laughs> to, when you make it, everybody, man, I knew you were going to make it. You're incredible. That's just, that's life. That's why you got to keep going. Oh, I can't do it. Awesome. Thank you. Oh, I can't do it. Okay, that's fine. I'm going to be around the people that encourage me. I'm, hey, you can do it. Hey, let me know how this is going. If you need any help, let me know. That's the people I'm surrounded with. That's the people I want to be around with. I don't want people telling me what I can't do. And, hey, that's too hard. I want people to be like, man, go bigger. I think you can even do something bigger than that, AJ. Like, that's the people I want. I don't, I don't want to have a – there is no cap on our, on our dreams, on our goals. You know what I mean? It's only as big as you can think. 
some people think, oh, this is really big to somebody else. That's like, that's nothing. It's how, 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 how much you can imagine, how much you're willing to work for and, and sacrifice on an everyday basis to become great, to become what you want to be. And, and, it's, and it's an everyday thing. People think, oh, once I get here, I don't have to work hard. Like once I make it here, I'm good. No, you've got to work even harder because everybody's coming after you. Then you get here, guess what? More people are coming after you. you, gotta, you it's a levels, more levels, more levels. There's no such thing as stop working. When? <laughs> it, it, it doesn't end, unfortunately. But then again, that's you know the whole point of, I think, the biggest thing missing. And it's a, I think it's, a, it's one of the negative side effects of capitalism itself. It's just like there, there never is an end to yep. where we want to grow to and ever end where we want to be. So then yep. again, our ego is only filled and you know, the, the, the be the existence of whoever we are never actually gets to enjoy yep. this just continuous feeling of life. Just, just being here, feeling pain, anguish. We don't get to feel that because we, you know, are in this everlasting, everlasting pursuit to outdo the next person. So I, I think, you know, and again, I'm not doubting that at all because I, I know the, the fight. You got to keep fight. You got to yeah. keep going. But you got to yeah. find a way yep. to, to love yourself and love what you're doing. Every day. Yeah, you're so, so true, so right. Oh, amazing. Um, where do we go to with that? We jumped on to 12 different things right there. But, um, you, I, I skip questions. I answer questions. Maybe you asked in the beginning. I throw everybody off. I apologize. No, no, that's great. This is the show. I mean, I've done three hour shows. I mean, we, sometimes if I get people <laughs> do them in person, like you see the studio now, like it's no, just, we're doing that next time. We're doing the bus. I'm in for that. I plan on building out the bus and building Please. the studio out in there. That's when it's officially the bus driver experience. We're doing I'm in, I'm in, I'm in. I'm in. Uh, yeah, I'm excited for when this is all over, man. I have so many, uh, I think, I think not just myself, but everybody just, you know, we, we look at all the things we took for granted and, you know, the crazy bus trip we did to Chicago for the all-star game and back, you know, the, I think I worked like 40 hours straight just in those two weeks, getting the bus there, shooting stuff, getting stuff ready with Venice and the hoop bus. But, you know, looking back on it now, like it was like a Kobe pilgrimage. <laughs> I mean, we did it. I think with everything, I think with the, you know, rest in peace, obviously, Kobe Bryant. I think with that, I think with, you know, obviously everything that's going on now, I think it's just, it's a state of gratitude every single day. Tomorrow's not promised. We don't know what tomorrow's going to bring. Stop worrying about it. Stop stressing about it. Stop trying to figure it out. When it comes, it comes. Um, and I think we got to take every day on as if it's a gift. And I tell people every single day, people think I'm crazy. They're like, oh, hey, how are you? I'm incredible. I woke up today. They laugh like, oh, that's funny. But it's, you don't think about it. There's thousands of hundreds of thousands of people that don't get that opportunity to wake up every single day. And we get that. And we can do anything that we want. As long as we wake up, we can go do it. We can, we can go through our challenges. We can go after our dreams. We could go after our goals. Once we're not alive, that's when we, that's when we can't worry anymore. That's when we can't do any of the stuff that we want to do. So each day you gotta, you gotta take it on as if it's a gift and don't look at it as if, Oh man, this is horrible. Cause people, people all over the world didn't get that opportunity to take that first breath. And then when you, when you, when I wake up, I mean, me personally, people should do it all the time, but it's a state of gratitude waking up. Thank you for letting me breathe. Thank you for letting me, thank you for my health. Thank you for letting me eat. Thank you for letting me, you know what I mean? Just all that different stuff that on an everyday basis, we have that and people take it for granted for why there's people all over the world that don't have clean water, that don't have even food, let alone you have a car and a house and a bed and you have, and you have money and you have, and you can walk and shoes and clothes. When you start thinking like that, when you put yourself in, in a in a stateful in a gratitude of state of gratitude like that, I think it just puts you 
it, it, you can't have a bad day. Because it's like, how do I have a bad day? And then it just seems as if more blessings come to you because you're grateful. Not for the little stuff, because it's not the little stuff. That makes up the big stuff. But when you're grateful for the stuff that you do have, more things tend to come your way. Completely. I think, like you mentioned, you know, it's, I, I hope, because I, I, at least I as an individual know this, um, and I'm really, really pushing for this, you know, that we really have a, just a real complete shift in the value system we have, you know, you know, we're looking at people who are, you know, we call them essential workers now. These people were doing these jobs every single day. They were already doing these things. We needed these people. And then when the time came, they were like soldiers. They were there. They were there to fight and do the things we needed the most, uh, most necessary to do. So, you know, I, I just hope we, you know, we, we look at people like that. And those are the people we want to look forward to and give praise to. Those people, they've been there. And now people are just recognizing them. Um, and I know you mentioned the gratitude and you're waking up every day and trying to do, you know, uh, you know, appreciation and gratitude towards stuff. Do you do any other things, whether it's meditation, uh, any writing exercises? Um, First thing I usually do, I do like to, I used to meditate a lot. It's a, it's like anything you got to get back on it. And I'm just being honest with you. It's something I got to do. It's like, it's a practice. It's a, it is. And I, when I first got out here, it's something that I was really into where I take 10, 15 minutes, just meditate, plan my whole day. Not saying that I don't do it, but when I first wake up, I'll read a book. I don't touch my phone. I do. I really focus on not touching my phone. Once you touch it, you're applying. You're already in defense mode. You got to answer text. Fucked. <laughs> don't touch your phone. I always start reading. I'll make myself coffee, whatever. Get my, you know what I mean? Get my mind right. If I write 20 things down that I'm grateful for every day. Um, if I write down what I got planned, I'll, I'll read for 20 minutes or 20 pages, whatever it is. I'll really get my mind in that, in that to take over that day, to be ready so I'm set. I'm not running out the house like I used to. I didn't realize how important it is to be planned, to be, to be mentally ready every single day, not just grabbing your stuff and running out the house. And then now you're all over and you're running around. No, because the world's already crazy enough. You got to mentally prepare yourself to go through, you know what I mean? To go through that toughness, to, to ready, to be prepared, to take on different stuff, to, to go through those moments of whatever the life brings those challenges. So I like to prepare myself mentally every single day. No, completely. I mean, we can, we can jump through the hoops, no problem. Like, you know, we've done it before. We can be crazy, but we're never our best. We're only our best when you actually take that moment. And again, that's just the discipline. That's like making your bed. That's like saying, okay, I'm going to tie my shoes before I get out of the house. Yep. If you do that, you're more prepared. You're more ready. Yep. And again, it, it's, it sounds so simple. And it's like, oh, damn it. I heard this before. Like, you're not telling me things. Like, but well, we got to be reminded. And you just do it. keep doing it. Do it. I'd say do one simple thing. If you, if you make your bed before you, leave the, before you leave for school every single day, before you leave for your job, the house, whatever it is, you'll already feel better. If your room's a mess, your, your mind's going to be a mess. If your car's a mess, your, your mental's going to be a mess. You got to have your surroundings. I didn't realize that till, till later on. I realized everything's so important about this. This is all up here. You can't function on a high level. You can't function. You can't do big things if, not, if you're not mentally strong up here. People don't get it. I'm not 5'8 and was able to earn a Division I scholarship and start all four years at a major college because I was really good at basketball. My mental was so much stronger because I trained harder than everybody else. I knew that if I just kept going, no one who was going to stop me. Not like in a cocky way, but I didn't care how tall you were. I was going to outwork you. I was going to keep working until you couldn't go anymore. If you ask anybody, I was the hardest. You ask guys 15 years ago, oh, that dude, AJ is the hardest working dude ever I ever met. I pride myself on being the hardest working guy at any gym I've ever gone to in my life, whether it was a workout with a friend, this, it didn't matter. I pride myself, man, relax. We're just having some fun. It wasn't, it, it's my, it was my life. It still is my life. But when I was playing basketball, it was my life. 
if you're out here playing one-on-one, to me, I'm, I'm getting better. I'm, I'm going at you as hard as I can. It doesn't matter. I don't take it easy. Well, you remember we had the sand outfits on. I was like, ah, I'm not, I'm not going to go slow on this guy. I, mean, I got to go put a, get a bucket on him. I don't care. Like, it's, it's a problem, too. I'll go to you know what it is. <laughs> the you know around what the corner. it is. That, like, that mentality. I'm not going to go slow. Like, I'm yelling at some kid. Hey, hey, make sure you talk. Drop back on that backside there. Help, help, help. Hey, help. Move out, move out, move out. <laughs> I mean, I sound like a, I'm talking trash to people. Oh, it's like I the fiery it. trash, you know? Like, I love it. Yeah, let's go. No, I love it. I love it. You guys, it. get off the court. You're not good. Just get out of here. Get out. We don't, you can't play with us, man. Don't oh, come back. See you later. In, in the real time, though, I'm just trying to get a better game. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> that's, all that's all we ever wanted. So I didn't know that you started all four years. Um, how was it playing at UCF? And how was it um, – I think you had some big buckets too. Like um, that was uh, your big thing. You had some major buckets, uh, game-winning shots. A couple of them, man. It was incredible. It was, uh, it was probably the best four years of my life. I'll be honest with you. I talk, I talk to people all the time about college and, and that experience. But um, I think just, just going there and, and really stepping out of my comfort zone again and leaving my family. I'm the baby of five. So um, – you know, leaving my brothers and my sisters and my mom and my dad and just all my friends and everybody going to UCF to a place I've never been before, going to Orlando. Like, I didn't, you know what I mean? I didn't know anybody. Um, but doing that, realizing I'm going after my dreams, my goals of playing basketball, I won't stop. So, you know, stepping on campus, it was just, it was so funny to everybody. Oh, like, you know, like, oh, you, they see me at the basketball. Oh, are you the new manager? And I'm like, no, like, <laughs> I'm the new point guard. They're like, oh. oh don't get me started. Dude, so you know oh, so what? What do you, what do you do? What do you do here? It's like, I mean, it's like it was. It was for me. I was like, please let the games just start. And in the summer, I went to obviously summer school just to get a head start on classes. But I'd go to the gym to like four thirty in the morning. Like I was like, listen, I already worked really, really hard. But like now, you gotta just even motivate even more. UCF has sixty thousand students. I was gonna lot, say, do you know any of my friends? I was like, I'm not even gonna drop names. A lot like, of people. It's such a, a big school. A lot of people don't even know, and then. Um, I think the biggest thing I don't like, obviously I tell the kids and when I talk to people like having major records of being top, top 20 in the country and assists and steals, like that stuff's cool for me. But I think leading UCF to the first basketball ranking in school history, to me, that's, that's something that I pride myself on. Cause I, we did as a team, we did as a unit, we did, you know what I mean? Something that's so much bigger than me that we'll remember for the rest of our lives. We'll remember, um, uh, doing that for, for our junior season. I think that's really leaving an impact, leaving a legacy, leaving something better than you found it. I'll remember the stuff that I did my entire life, right? I could tell people cool this and that, but that stuff people remember, fans remember, families remember, um, kids remember that even still hit me up to this day. Like, oh my gosh, I remember watching you at the UCF games. Like that stuff, you could, you could never put a price on it. You can never, you can, you can never replace it. And that's why I tell people not so much just with college, but High school, go leave a legacy. Go back and bring your kids and show them your last name on, on a banner. That will be there for forever. I think that's the stuff that, that people forget. It's not so much, oh, I got to score 40 points. I got to do this. That's really cool for you. People don't remember that. No, that's the biggest part. We don't realize the impact yeah. we leave. And I remember uh, I had a kid message me this week, Mr. Reese. <laughs> you know, on an Instagram message. Oh, I'm like, you're like, oh, gosh. Uh, yeah, you want me to get an autograph uh, for me and one of the other players, uh, Scoop, who, uh, Scoop Jardine, who lives out here. And yeah, uh, so I got, uh, I got it for him. And this kid's just, you know, yeah, kids, kids sent me a hard, hard out message, you know, about me watching me and that, hey, feel good, this signature for me. And can you sign it too? And it's like, just 
course. I'll, 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 I'll run all the way down to Santa Monica, throw scoop a t-shirt over a fence, get it signed, throw it back. Um, but even like the first time I got my autograph asked for, like, it was just like some kid wearing a number 24 shirt, you know, and there's no other <laughs> orange shirt 24 up there. You're like, can you sign this for me? I'm like, me? What? For sure. You like look back. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You are talking to me. Okay. I got you. It's 30 degrees out here outside the <laughs> dome. Like, like that feeling, like, you know, I'm getting even all buzzed up and high just off it. Right. Like just, no, I'm with you. I'm with you always. You can't look back and just like, you know, replace that. And it's not even the, the asking for my autograph, but the impact that this kid is just that fired up to, that he can relate to you. You don't know who is out there relating to you and inspired by what you do. You can't yes. never, you can't measure that. And no, yeah. most people don't get to confront and see that. So it's, it's why people usually give up. So, so keep you. doing what you're doing. Don't stop. The most successful people in the world will always tell you. They didn't, like, what would you do differently? They'll literally tell you. I just never gave up. That's the most successful people in the world. They will literally tell you, I just never gave up. It's not easy. You could get there. It's just consistency. It's everyday effort. It's, it's not giving up. So what happened senior year? How did you and why did you get suspended? And did you, did you send all 50, was it 15 games you said? They, like, appealed it. I got, like, 12 games. It was still horrible. 12? It was it was incredible, man. It was it was uh, it was really 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 tough. Um, it was just something with my mentor. It's something that they put on me. You can look it up. It was pretty crazy. It was with the Rick Pitino thing, and I mean there was New York Times articles. It was it was pretty crazy. There was a lot of stuff that went down. Um, me still being a young kid, not knowing much. You know what I mean? Just kind of being like defending myself. Them taking my bank records, my cell phone records, my just everything. Um, and yeah, just I think. It's, I don't want to say that my mentor took advantage of me because he helped me my entire life. Mm-hmm. And I don't speak badly about anybody, but I think when you do get adults involved, multiple adults, different adults and this and that, and you know what I mean? It's, they see that the college game is, is so beneficial and there's so much money. I just watched, um, I think it's called, what is it, Scheme? I just, watched, I just finished watching Scheme, but I mean, people don't get the, 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 the college basketball, man. It's crazy. So when people don't, they don't get, oh, hey, and this is a whole nother subject about being played. As a, I, I say that, like, yeah, I get it that you get a scholarship. But if these people are making hundreds of millions of dollars, billions of dollars. Billions. Schools, and, these are, and we're the ones performing. I'm giving you a $40,000 scholarship. I know, but you just made a billion dollars. That's not, that's not, if you're going to work all that and earn that, and I'm going to give you $40,000, are you happy? No, there's got to be some type of compensation the fact that you can't use my last name, I couldn't sell my book as a college athlete. You know how much money I would have made as a college athlete at the University of Central Florida, the most popular kid out of 60,000 students? If I was at the book thing, I said, AJ, AJ's, have, AJ's selling a book, I would have sold every single copy. And the fact that I can't make a dollar, but I also can't get a job because being a Division One athlete is a full-time job. But you guys, can't, you, I, I don't earn money. What do you want me to do? But then if there's a booster or somebody who donates millions of dollars to the school that wants to buy you dinner, you get suspended if they do that. You see what I'm saying? The compliance. Yeah, I, t- I totally do. Um, you know, that's how we, I got all my wins taken away. My tenure at Syracuse were the most winningest program uh, in those four years. Wow. And then with Fab Mello, everything that happened with that. Rest in peace to Fab. That's, that's uh, crazy. You know, I lost every. I lost all the, the same games. All the games I played, they wiped them. It's, see, that's crazy. I didn't know that with you either. Yeah. That's funny. So I went from the most <laughs> winningest player to the probably the least winningest player in Syracuse. That's history. crazy. 
Uh, I still got my Big East rings, though, so I love those That's big all diamonds. Man. You got the jewelry. <laughs> you guys can uh, the records, whatever you want. You, you know, it's like, it, it's unfortunate because uh, I'm totally a proponent of some kind of uh, compensation for, for these athletes because, you know, if you, look at, if you want to say the university is investing in you, well, what about your family who has invested in you in X amount of years and is still investing in you because, you know, you're not getting – you know, what is it, the $15, $20 we get after the game that says, okay, sign this per diem for them. You get $15, $20. Oh, yeah, and try and go get a good healthy meal at 10 o'clock at night or when you get back into town on the airplane at who and then knows, makes you, 2 and then in the morning. Make sure, you go to class, make sure you wake up. We're going to get back around 5 a.m. Make sure you get your classes and everything in, and then we're going to get you back to tutoring. And then we'll probably watch film the night of. We'll see how you feel. If not, we'll just go tomorrow. But people don't get that. People are understanding. It's like. I don't, I'm not saying, hey, give these guys millions of dollars. I'm not getting that. I get play for the love of the game. I get it. You're in college. You get that scholarship. It's different. I totally get it. But if you have something, especially now with the social media, especially now with the type of recognition these high school kids are bringing, I mean, these are – this is huge. They got millions of followers. They got – you know what I mean? They got brands. They got this and that. These guys are – they could shift the culture. They all always have with shoe brands and deals and stuff like that. I mean, it's powerful. Ticket sales. I mean, the reason you're filling up seats is because who these people are bringing. I mean, it's an NFL thing. They're saying, oh, should the Redskins draft a local guy because he can fill seats? Like, well, that's the same thing with signing a kid and bringing him to your university. And here, perfect off this, let's just be completely honest. My freshman year, Jermaine Taylor was a, went to the Houston Rockets, number one leading scorer in the country. Incredible. One of the best players I ever played against. Um, what the heck were we just saying? I just totally blanked out. I was saying Jermaine Getting Jermaine Taylor. Oh, so I was saying, so one of the top players, we averaged my freshman year, probably 2,000 uh, like people at the game. Marcus Jordan, obviously, comes to school. We averaged an eight to 10,000 at basically every single home game because everybody came because, oh, my gosh, if Michael Jordan comes to the game, I got to see him. I got to get that opportunity. I got to get that. You know what that did for ticket sales? He, he could have just said, hey, if you guys just give me 10%, that's really low. Like any business would, right? Like any company would. Hey, I'm bringing you sales to this, to this venue that you guys are putting ads on here from big-time companies, from big-time um, insurance stuff. I'll, I'll just give you 10%. Something like that, just something that gives it. And I'm not even just saying for that kid, but just divide it out for these people so it's not like you got to stress about, oh, my gosh, I can't ask. I can't. My family doesn't have money. I can't ask a, a booster or somebody to for help or this and like, what do you do? You get in trouble. You either, you either steal, you, you have somebody give you money. Like, what is there? What's the alternative? It's, it's crazy. I mean, again, the people, they want you to know your value, but then when you ask to get what you are valued at, they don't do that. And the same thing was like beer. I think Syracuse is one of two on campus stadiums with beer sales, alcohol sales. So think about, we average 30,000 people. I was going to say, we're speaking night and day difference between your campus and you guys. Like, that's a whole, we're talking top of the top, like sales of jerseys, you know what I mean? Sold out stadiums. You're, we can't even, I can't even comprehend that type of, that level with that stuff. But yeah, you see, I mean, you guys probably even more so the sponsorships and the, the deals and the TV, you know what I mean? I talked about it with Scoop because, like, Scoop was the number one jersey sale. His yeah, yep, I remember. I think he put something on Instagram about that a while ago. I remember seeing or something. I forget what it was. It was on my show. It was probably uh, wasn't it? A clip from the show. He was the first That's guest. So weird. Yep. 
Um, so, I mean, like, that's a guy, you know, and it's like, hey, I don't, I don't want to get the same amount of money. He's not, I'm not putting people in the seats or selling the amount of jerseys or, you know, you think about 15,000 beer sales at one night at $5 a beer, the Budweiser's giving you a free sponsorship anyways. And you guys are capping all that and cupping all that. Like, come on, come on. I know it's a, that's what I'm saying. There's, there's gotta be something where the, you're not struggling. Why can't, and I get it. People say, listen, I'm getting, I'm getting super passionate about it, but like, I get it. You get that free scholarship, but why not have, imagine these kids get out of college and you got a hundred thousand saved and you got something where you're not like, Oh my God, I'm, I didn't even have a, like if somebody didn't even have a scholarship, like I get it. You got to pay that back, but at least have like, has something where these people, and it's something I even like wanted to talk about with, with like NCA or something like being able to have these kids talk to boosters or somebody to set them up with something after school. You're telling me these people come to our games for four years. They donate. They sponsor us. They give us money. They do all that stuff. They get good seats to say they saw us play. They sit courtside at every game, and I can't sit there. I can say what's up during a game, but more than that, I can't. But what if this guy's got a business that I really want to get into after college? How would I know? You guys won't let me talk to him. There's more to it. That's why, like, there's a – I told you I want to do more speaking, not for that fact, but there's just so much more that can be done. There's so much more – um, that, that goes into it on so many levels that people don't get it. And I'm not sitting here saying I'm going to sit here and be like, oh, I'm an NCA. I'm going to abide by these rules and say this and this. No, no, I'm just saying, like, there's so much stuff that can be done. And, and I want to partner with different people. I want to, like, find different avenues to help kids because I'm telling you, I was basically dead. After I lost basketball, when I'm laying in my mom's bed, after, like I said, I'm, not, I'm saying this so people can fathom and understand, like, I was the most popular kid out of 60,000 students, played basketball my whole life, has had literally everything I've ever had was basketball, and now it's gone. I was dead. I didn't have anything. I didn't have a work ethic outside of basketball. I didn't know anything besides basketball from the age of three to 24. Basketball, basketball, basketball. If you told me, hey, AJ, go try and do I'd be like, what? What are you talking about? I don't know how to do that. Diversify my, my skill set? What? Why would I do that? I'm going to be a basketball player forever. Well, why don't you tell these kids who are in college – Hey, listen, if you don't make it because only 1% make it, whatever it is, 0.1, it doesn't, whatever it is, you still have these opportunities. We're going to line you up with different people and this and that so that you can, you can get ahead because we know these four years are different. We know that you've been playing a sport your entire life and not everyone's going to go professional. So what are you going to do after? What are we going to have set up for you? Let us at least have, have some money set up for you over the, last, over the course of four years so that you don't get out struggling. You don't have a work ethic outside of your sport. You're not sure exactly what you want to do because you've been dedicated to that sport your entire life. You know what I mean? So what do you do? Take two or three years. You turn 26. You know what I mean? You're figuring out. You might find something when you're 35, 36. Why not already have something jump-started? Why not get them in? And, and, and for me, it's because as athletes, people don't get it. Oh, like they say it after the fact. I think like this now because I'm not an athlete anymore. Back then, I'm saying, oh, I'm going to play till I'm 50, 75 years old. I'm not going to stop. You think I'm going to stop playing basketball? Heck no. Then you break your foot. Then you got something happening. Then, then it's taken away, and you're like, oh, my gosh, what do I do now? we got to have a backup plan. These people, they care about you in college. Don't get me wrong. They care about you in college. Why? Because you're bringing you're, – you're a great player. You're bringing something to the team. You're bringing something that the fans like. You're, you're having an impact, right? But what about after me as a basketball player? What about when I'm done, when I can't play anymore? Where are all those people? that sit there and say, oh, man, I was there. Yeah, you were there when I was at my, at my highest point of, of, of playing basketball or whatever it is. Where are you at when I need that, that guidance or that, that, that fallback of being like, hey, what do I do now 
that that um, this sport like I don't want to pursue this anymore or this happened like what's my next outlet I just thought of a really crazy thing um, imagine if they invested a percentage of your scholarship like in like some kind of fund that was able you to get as either as a loan easy, easy. we'll talk about that later come on <laughs> don't give no, we'll ideas we got to talk about this off air. Oh, that's, but see, that's, but that's why you connect with like-minded people that did similar stuff that know that have that same, that, that same feel, because then it's like, Oh wait, you just gave me an idea. Hang on. You see what I'm saying? That's why it's so important to surround yourself with good people that are like-minded like you that are, that can encourage you that can put, Oh man, that's a really good idea, man. That's even better. Oh, I never even thought of that until we talked about that. You see what I'm saying? It's been and one of my biggest things. I, I can't stand like, you know, seeing some of these guys just like, I have no idea what to do don't know what to go into or they're just, you know, they're, they're unsure about where to, where to start over again because they've done one thing forever. And it's like, okay, you're ready. You're going to start at zero in podcast. And guess what? Shit's going to suck. <laughs> you get started hundreds of episodes ago. Like, oh man. Oh, I love that. But it's going to get better. It's going to get better. There's no way I'm not going to learn new things and get better, bring on interesting guests, have great conversations, ask them interesting things. And that's what he's got to do. Study session in the lab. Okay. Joe Rogan. How does he podcast? Tim Ferriss. All right. I like that question right there. That's You got to do your homework. And I think the biggest thing for me, honestly, and, and obviously I still have it just because I think we'll always have it. But when you're more conscious of it, I think when I'm really, really focused on losing my ego, and realizing, I know I said it when we first talked, but realizing that I'm just a person, you know what I mean? Basketball is done with, that's why I say you got to treat people how you want to be treated. If, you, if you're, if you're done playing after, you know what I mean? Say you treat people really bad you can't play that sport anymore. How are people going to, oh man, that dude, he was rude as hell. Didn't respect anybody. Talk bad to all the people like this. And that. I don't want that guy working with me. I don't want to give that guy a job. So it's, it's the stuff that's lining you up and, and how you're treating people and how you're doing all the right things. But like you said, man, it's just, it's a consistency, but you got to bring it every day with it, with, with what we're doing. Dude, thank you so much. I think that's a perfect way to segue it off and end the show. Yeah, I know, yeah. you know it's a Friday night. I know you got a busy, you got, you want to get out there. You're hitting, hitting oh, the are you kidding tonight. me? All the clubs are, <laughs> oh, wait, all the clubs are closed. That's right. Oh, I was going to go to, oh, no, we can't even go to dinner. Yeah, I'm here, bro. We're so good. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I appreciate you so much, bro. Seriously, we're going to connect, and I want to get on the hoop bus and, and do another podcast like, we can do a video thing or something really, really cool. I appreciate you having me on, seriously. No, thousand percent. I have a, I have a big thing that uh, we'll definitely be on the phone with. Um, a bunch of, uh, I can say it now. I'm, uh, it's not confirmed yet. I'm waiting to get them delivered, but 5,000 masks that we're going to donate as the hoop bus, drive them around. I got those. So they're not medical ones. So I got That's the stuff I'm talking about. That's why I love it, bro. That's like uh, you're, it's more than basketball. We connected more than basketball. It's, it's something that basketball has been a part of our life. It got us here. It made us connect, but now it's our relationship and the people that we are that's going to build that relationship to even bigger things, man. So that's incredible. Seriously. Couldn't agree more, but please plug yourself away. Let everybody who's listening to this and my audience, your audience, where they can find your book, where they can yeah. connect with you, where they can yep. train with you. So the, um, the Instagram is at a rumsa three. That's the letter a, and then R O M as in Mary PZA, the number three. That's also for my TikTok as well. And then the YouTube I just started a couple of months ago, like you said, just start it. It's not great. I don't have the best content. I don't have a billion followers, but guess what? It's, it's getting better every single week because I'm staying consistent with the content. And I'm putting it up every single week. I'm staying with the schedule. But um, for the YouTube is AR3 Athletics. Um, and I think that's pretty much everything. If you guys want 
to get the book, go to www.rumsa.com, which is just my last name. You guys will see it there. Um, but yeah, man, I'm, I'm super excited. If there's anything I can do to, to keep pushing you and keep encouraging you, let me know. I'm always here for you. Let me know where I can PayPal you or Venmo you so I can get a signed copy, man. And you know, I'll, 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 I don't want a regular one. Front door. I'll deliver that to the front door. You know that. Signed copy. <laughs> <laughs> I'll deliver that to the front door. I got you on that. Beautiful, beautiful. Thank you again, man. And thank you, everybody, for tuning into the show. Um, like I said, if you're watching this on YouTube, you're seeing some of these clips on Instagram, uh, go ahead, hit the subscribe button. Go check out all the other shows we have. Go check out all the experience content. The experience content's not there right now, but it will come once this quarantine all ends. Come on, let's go. Let's get on it. And if you're listening to this on the iTunes app, Spotify, whatever, hit the subscribe button. Leave us a five-star review. If you want to leave a negative review, direct message me that review. Don't write it down. Tell me personally. Right. I'm I just going, We'll talk about it. We'll talk about it first. <laughs> Tell me how I can make the shit better for you. <laughs> but uh, appreciate you. That's it, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. Have a great day. Uh, 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 uh,